0: We are back for season four. Kylie Dixon here, founder of the Northern Lass Lounge. And let me tell you, have we stepped it up a notch, lasses? So many exciting things going on, but most importantly, more amazing business lasses to chat to and share their stories. Talking about sharing, please do us a favor if you haven't already. I know people bang on about this all the time, but it helps us massively. Please follow our podcast or like it depending on whichever platform you're on and share it to another business person anybody who you think will benefit from us and leave us a cheeky little five-star review if you're new to lounging with the lasses and you like our crack then come on over to the best place on the internet where it all began the Northern Last Lounge on Facebook you can find us on Instagram, LinkedIn, and there's a whole load of information on our website www.thenorlastloue.com. Today I'm lounging with Charlene Smales, co-founder of Tees Valley Together, a charity-run organisation supporting residents of Teesside through accessible food banks. Charlene is an absolute powerhouse of support in her local community and has come from a place of thinking she is not enough to now helping others believe they can achieve anything Today, we chat about how her business quickly became a success story through the pandemic. And I'm sure you're about to find out why Charlene's infectious personality is the reason she is making such an impact on people's lives. Charlene Smales. Hello, Lass. Hello. We've got the tea side Lass of the Lounge are on, haven't we? Well, I. <laughs> a- apparently. <laughs> We're being- Honestly, you've been busy, 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 busy. So it's probably not great timing for you because, like, you seem to be going a million miles an hour. I'm sure you're going to tell us all about stuff that's going on. Um, uh, what, I, what I love, Charlene, when, when we were chatting, you were like, I've got no idea what's going to come out of my gob.
1: Yes, because you ask me a question, something will just come. All because <laughs> I'm the same. So it could, it could get interesting.
0: <laughs> I do the same. Tell the listeners, Charlene, what do you do?
1: So I run a charity called Tees Valley Together, uh, which supports people in Hemlington and across the Tees Valley. Um, and I also work in procurement and contract management. So that's I'm, I'm a I'm a busy little bee sometimes, um, but the charity is is something that's a real passion of mine, and one of the reasons why I'm in the lounge, I think, um, because it's just it's helped me progress things and make the land the 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 charity stand out more
0: awesome and we're going to delve into like the reason behind the charity and how we've worked together and all the amazing things you're doing in the community charlene can we just go back then because this is quite a relevantly it's a new kind of project isn't it your charity side of stuff
1: yes
0: so tell us why why you decided to do, what led you to that
1: pathway? So I've always wanted to give back and I, and I didn't know how that was going to be uh, or where it was going to come from. Um, And then the pandemic hit. So initially I was just helping in a Facebook group, growing that group to support people within Teesside, getting things what they needed when they needed them, when things started to close down bit by bit. um, And that was... Sort of late March, and by early April, there was me and two other women who said, "Let's do this and let's do it properly on our own." And Tees Valley Together launched on the twenty sixth of April. So that that was it, and that's where we wanted to give back, and we wanted to do more than just help on a group. It was more about getting ourselves out into the community as well and being able to support as many people as we possibly could.
0: So when you say you had this this need to give back, why? Where do you think that come from?
1: Where where where's it from? Do you know what? I think sometimes it's the fact that I, I'm a helper. I am a helper. And I think that I I get my my fuzzy moments from knowing that I've helped somebody achieve what they want to do or help somebody progress or something. I just think there's something inside of me that that gives me I get the warm fuzzies by making by knowing that I've helped somebody. Uh, you know, I'd give you my last penny if you wanted it, if it was gonna help you do something. Um I think that's just who
0: oh, I am. And that comes a
1: helper.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, definitely. And and I've seen you in action at some of our events and stuff. And it absolutely comes across that's the type of person you are. Um what type of thing? So give us a bit of a flavour of how you actually help people with results.
1: In the charity, we, we've we got um, a couple of core projects. So initially we started off as a food bank, which was an accessible food bank, meaning that we actually delivered out rather than people coming to us. And it was there for people who couldn't access a food bank in the usual way. So generally people with disabilities or um, accessibility issues. Um, since, since sort of the pandemic um, went down, we went into an eco shop model, which is about supporting people who need help because of financial difficulties but actually that the ethos behind it is about avoiding food waste so it's about using surplus food that comes from either supermarkets farms wherever um, and getting it into the homes of people who need it Um, and that's that's one of our our main projects and people get 10 items of food for two pounds and there's always things like period products they can get for free and other items so that people who need things can get it without stigma they're still buying their shopping it just means that they're paying a little bit less so we try and help remove the stigma and make it accessible for everybody um we then have another project called home from home which is small household items and clothing from our home to your home so it's pre-loved items and it's about recycling the clothing and household items that people will buy all the time who who can afford to buy it all the time, but sometimes they decide they're going to change the house and they're going to change the colour theme. Well, we can use those items and give them to somebody else who can't really afford to do that. And the money that goes into those projects helps us deliver more within the community. So it allows us to put things on like coffee mornings or um, family fun days to give the community something to look forward to because we, the community we work in has suffered with deprivation and antisocial behaviour, but it's got such a an amazing community spirit, it's just been beaten down quite a lot. Um, so giving them something to look forward to and knowing that they enjoy those things, the feedback when we get it, and they've enjoyed the day and it just puts a smile on your face.
0: Does it ever challenge you, Charlene, like from a negative point of view? I can imagine you see some quite... quite yes,
1: yes. Or... So or...? Quite often, we 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 get a, a number of different people through our doors yeah. um, and some of those people have got addiction problems, they've been homeless, they've fought addiction and, and they're coming through the other side, but just need that little helping hand to, to keep them on the straight and narrow type of thing. Um, but we, we, we've we got people who, are, who come in and ask if there's a quiet room they can sit in because they're dealing with domestic violence and they just need to step away. So we do see a lot of different um, issues. Now, because of where we are, we work within what's called a locality team, so there's lots of services around us that we can refer into. So we can be the front door to a lot of things where people can come and feel like we're a trusted organisation and a trusted place, and we can refer them on and get help. So we can put them through. You know, if they want, if they want to talk to some somebody about substance misuse, or they want to talk to somebody about anxiety and depression, or Deprivation, anything we can actually be their front door and start them on the road to recovery for whatever it is they need help with, Mm -hmm. which is it's it's just nice to be able to be that trusted front door, really.
0: Mm -hmm. I just imagine that being quite challenging to work with. I know you you get you get the sense of real achievement because you're helping people, right? I totally get that. And just
1: absolutely, there's
0: days where you're like, oh my god, like how do you stop? How do you not take that home? With you,
1: some sometimes you don't, you know. Sometimes there'll be people who come in and ask for help, and you just you know that they're going back to something, and it does play on your mind. Um, and I think that having the team around us that we have, like, so the team that I have around me, is we've all had our own experiences of mental health issues, or you know, different, and we we sort of we support each other in that. So if we have had somebody through the doors that is going to be somebody that could potentially stick with us. We will have a conversation about it. We're in touch with each other all the time. And we tend to know with each other if we've soaked something up too much. You know, um it, it's really hard to switch off. You know, I think some people I, I absorb people's feelings and I I wanna I want to help them. But sometimes it goes in too deep and I think what 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 am I going to do with this person? And it, I take it home with me. Um, and my charity support manager, Fiona, she she will say to me, are you OK? Is, that so, is this all right? Because she knows that it's gone in too far kind of thing, uh, which without them, it would just be rolling around my head because, it, you know, and you then become absorbed with all those feelings and it's too difficult to actually do anything then. Yeah. And it affects you personally. So you have to have that outlet to speak to people.
0: I think that happens in all walks of life, doesn't it? You need to be able to speak and to talk about all kinds of things. Like if I didn't have the lounge, for example, I'd be completely in the corner. Man. <laughs> but you, you mentioned there about like how you've all had um certain challenges with mental health in the past. And when you did write in, Charlene, you mentioned about your own anxiety um, suffering from anxiety and not feeling good enough. Mm us through that is that like from a from your upbringing or or where you're from
1: or well it it's i think that when when i look back and i look how how things progressed um when i was when i was younger i was from a council estate and i was told you know if you're from a council estate and you're from a broken family you'll amount to nothing and when i hear that it really really boils something inside of me and clearly i think this is where things stem from that if People think I'm not good enough. It takes me back to that point. But it's actually fueled something in me that said no, because just because I'm from a council estate and my parents were divorced doesn't mean I won't amount to anything. I'll show you kind of thing, you know. Um, But then I lived in a different area to where I went to school. And because I was from the town, you know, I wouldn't amount to anything. And there were certain periods of time when these things cropped up, but during the anxiety i'd never felt it properly and maybe i'd dealt it was happening but i hadn't physically felt it um it was when i was at work probably about i don't know eight to ten years ago now maybe six six eight years ago um something happened at work and then there was work taken away from me and that thing of not being good enough just hit me like a rock it was physical i had Physical pains in my body, and oh. I didn't know what to do with it. I just felt like my chest was pounding. And when I went to the doctor, they said to me, You're suffering with severe anxiety, but it was lit, I could physically feel it. Um, and although I dealt with mental health with other people, I'd never physically been diagnosed with anything before. Uh, and it took me a while to actually understand where it came from, but it was from the doctors and from the obviously I had some um, counseling and things like that to try and work out. It was work related, but I think that it was the fact that things were being taken away from me and there's been no explanation of it. So I automatically assumed, well, I'm not good enough. And that thing, and it obviously that thing from childhood is instilled in me that if someone thinks you're not good enough, they're just taken away from you. So it took me a long time to sort of get to that point. And I mean, I'm, I'm stable Now, you know, but I've had time off work and I haven't really spoken about it. I haven't hidden it, but I haven't sort of like openly said I've, I've got anxiety and depression or anything like that. But I totally understand where people come from when they say that anxiety physically affects you. And I hadn't experienced that until that point in time. Has it ever come back? Yes. Yeah. So I... Lots of people, and you, you'll see, you'll see this. I'm a confident person. I'm not, I'm not shy. And if you yeah. want me to stand yeah. up and talk, I'll do that. Um, if I know my subject matter, no bother. Yeah. I'll talk yeah. to anybody. I'll talk a glass eye to sleep, to be honest you with can you. Can't shut
0: our up lasses. You can't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but if if I'm in a position where if I don't know my subject matter and things, I can start to churn, and it's more than nerves. It gets to a point where. I can feel sick over it and I can feel those grindy things coming back. The other thing as well is is if little things are creeping in and I'm tired um, or overworked and things, I can start to feel this nervous tummy all the time Um, and then I know that something's wrong and I need to sort of check in with myself and go, you need to take a break here or you need to change something. But I am my own worst enemy because I ignore it. I, I and i shouldn't do that me. i know i can see <laughs> like i know we've, we've
0: got like various chat communities haven't we where we all support each other in that i mm. can actually feel some of your anxiety sometimes in your messages You're like this is going on i did it i'm like bloody hell but yeah i'm the same because we just i was just talking to michelle whaler about it um because she's the same as well it's like this it's a bit of addiction let's be honest absolutely <laughs> and the fact that we feel guilty for not helping everyone a hundred million times mm. um, and we just feel like we're super women
1: yeah and I think that if I'm not moving I'm not I'm, I need to I need to keep going you know it's like this week I managed to leave my laptops at the office but then I'm like this on my phone on the night. I tried but <laughs> Do you do anything?
0: And I get asked this all the time, right? Do you do anything for yourself? Right. I love what I do, you love what you do. You're like me, people to people, right?
1: But do you do actually, do you relax or anything? Ever? Well, I go to the match. I go to the borough match and like I have a couple of a couple of big ears and scream, you know, scream and shout and what have you and and sing me songs, but well, and we go out for a few drinks. I'm not really. No. You know. Go on holiday. Quite, quite laid back. Oh, I'll go on holiday, I try. Where are you going next? Uh hopefully Turkey. I can't wait. I'm going? When are you going?
0: June. Oh, I'm, I'm going the 6th of May.
1: <gasps> you'll have to you'll have to fill me in. Well, this where are you going?
0: This'll be this episode will be out by the time I come back, man. Um uh, Marmaris, mate. I'm not I'm not really. We're, we're
1: gonna go Belek, Belak, whatever it's called. Belek, I've been there. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Get a boot. Get a boot.
0: Um, so you've talked about loads of stuff that you've got going on. You've talked about some of your challenges as well with your anxiety and your mental health. Great that you've got it under control. So this is this charity. Um to me, it's it's like it's it's become a charity pretty quickly, right? And it's had such an impact in a very short space of time, it's really impressive. Why do you think it's been so successful?
1: If I give you that answer for what everyone, from what everyone else tells me, yeah, it's because it's because of me. Yeah, so what did you say that. <laughs> but I'm not I'm not sure it's only because of me because I wouldn't have been able to do it without my team. Yeah. However, yeah. everybody always says that if I wasn't the driving force behind it, it would we wouldn't be where we are today because. I've never given up. You know, it took me nine months to get as a re- to be a registered charity because they kept saying no. But I wasn't listening. I kept going back and telling them that we are a charity. We are working as a cha- with a charitable purpose, etc., etc. Right. Et and until they said yes, I just didn't give up. Um, but yeah, I, 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 it is part of me. It's my baby. You can tell.
0: Are you the, yeah. the are you as the owner or the founder? Then are are you a? So, founder?
1: I am a co-founder, but I'm the only founder left. So there was three of us. Um and the other two ladies have actually left now um to do other things. So they will always be still part of being the founders of the charity. But I'm a founder and CEO and I work with three other trustees um who support me running the charity. So effectively it's my charity now, yeah.
0: Cool. Have you got any advice for anyone who's looking to, to become a charity? Is it is it a nightmare? be honest yeah.
1: <laughs> um the the process itself is simple it's making sure that you explain what you're going to do and how that is charitable because the charity commission i've got so many people saying i want to be a charity and i want to help people because x y and z but you have to tick their boxes to say that you are doing what you're doing as a charitable purpose and it's going to help somebody within the community so you make sure that you read everything that they tell you that you have to qualify for. Otherwise, they just bat it back and say no. And one of the reasons we got refused was because there were so many people within the same areas as, as us doing the same thing. All oh, right. And that was because it was within the pandemic. So there was applications coming in left, right and center. Right. But a lot of those charities, or a lot of those organizations, although they didn't become charities, they actually no longer exist either. So they were sort of pop-up support for the pandemic. Right. But the process itself isn't hard. It's an online application, but you must make sure that you put the right information in your applications and get somebody to support you. You know, we had um, a, a Middlesbrough Voluntary Development Agency, but we've got lots of support around us. So we've got Mother Mel, for example, in the lounge, who works for p Now, that support and just having someone to sense check what you're seeing is exactly what you need because they can be that critical friend and say, well, I don't understand what you're trying to tell me here. It might sound absolutely clear as day to you when you read it out, but somebody who's never seen you, never met you before, won't get it, you know.
0: Excellent. Sound advice. And I'm sure um, if anyone needs any support, they can drop you a message.
1: Absolutely. Of course. Yeah. My inbox is always open.
0: Talk to me, Charlene. (laughs) We're going to talk about social media, mate.
1: Okay. (laughs)
0: Um, And this is is an honest and open open questionnaire about how does it work for charities? Like, you've got Facebook, you've got Instagram. How does social media work for Tees Valley Together?
1: So Facebook's our main area, absolutely it is, Um, for helping from our service provision so us actually providing services out there we've got groups and things on facebook that's where we provide support when it comes to asking for support for us i think that linkedin is probably where we should be and we're probably not visible enough on there as it is we do get some support through facebook but i think that the, the, the 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 way i need to move that is to change the change the feel of facebook is our outward support and our asking for support from externals funders businesses needs to be from it on a different platform more Uh, so what
0: is that your kind of key ideal client is looking for funders and people to support yeah
1: so at the moment we are we've got small grants that fund us but our ideal is to give is to get something that would fund us for i don't two years to three years because when you're a small charity and we are very small so i've got three part-time employees um i volunteer my time and my other manager volunteers her time um and then we've got some volunteers that come in and do the service delivery during the week but other than that we've got small grants and you're continuously just asking for for funding to support you what because you can't get into the detail and sort of put your strategies together and things because you're just treading water all the time. Now, if we had some funding where it would support us for a longer period, it means we can take a breath, step back and actually work on the business rather than in it. Because although we're a charity, we're still a business. We still have to pay bills and you know, income has to equal at least our outcome. We're not trying to make a profit here, but any profits that we do get go back into the community. So... Well,
0: you've just done an awesome pitch there, Charlene, for anybody... (laughs) <laughs> hello can you come and help Charlene and team together get yourself on there awesome um what do you hate about social media the addictiveness
1: oh God right how I didn't tell us talk so literally if I'm sat watching something my hands on my phone I'm I'm scrolling through fall down scroll holes all the time I can I can sort of get myself ready and plan we will we, we'll talk about scheduling but you know i've done it i had someone helping me um and i've fallen off the wagon so okay. we'll, we'll park that bus for a minute um <laughs> but even when i'm in sort of everything scheduled up to date and all that i can sit on my phone and just start looking at things and i'll just get lost well, and you- then i put timers on my phone i don't know nothing <laughs> nothing in particular
0: <laughs> Honestly, I totally get it, right? I'm not like that. I don't have time to keep, to look. I'll, I'll go on with a purpose and then I'll get stuck. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But Gaz, you've heard us talk about it before. Gaz, me fella, sits and watches Reels for hours, mate. I was, yeah, me too.
1: I, was, I watch, reels, I watch reels
0: about pandas falling off a wall. <laughs> what? It, what? Look
1: how it sucks people in, though. I don't. I mean, I've even tried to put timers on my phone. I just turn them off. You know, it's like So the addiction part of it, right, I totally get that. And I tell you one big thing that I do hate about social media is I'll call them keyboard warriors. I just think that the 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 online hate that the I don't know who these people are behind the keyboards or whatever and what their problems are, but they've obviously got some sort of issues, you know. Um I try not to get involved in it. I've never been, thankfully, never been on the other end of it. But I know people who have, and I can see what it does to people. Um, we can all see what it does to the celebrities, in, you know, in the public eye. And it's not, it's not right. Something needs to change there. But I don't know how to do that because I'm not technically enough.
0: <laughs> no, I, I, I totally get you. Like I've been trolled and bullied in the past, and you've got to, you've got to just not everyone can do this unfortunately you've got to just mm. really be hardened to it and mm. I'm really lucky now that it rarely happens and I think it's because the stuff I used to do before with fitness and that it it wasn't right it wasn't it wasn't me I shouldn't have been really doing it I felt like it was like right at the time but
1: it wasn't me and I probably wasn't myself yeah but plus nah. there's just a lot of jealousy you know and and, and, and competition oh. and I think that's that's where I would say that your thing's flipped because you're not in competition anymore. Because you're you, and you're doing what you want to do and what you what you were here to do. So it's different now.
0: Oh, well, totally! I, I absolutely agree. So, bring on the trolls, anyway. If anyone gets, yeah. to, bring them on. I'm I'm class with trolls, mate. Like, just... <laughs> <laughs> There's a clever way to do it, but uh, yeah, the... assholes, <laughs> mate, assholes. Um, what do you love about social media?
1: Oh, I just love the the warm fuzzies that you see. So, like you know, the the, the different connections that you can make. So, I'll I'll talk about the lounge. Yes, didn't, well, that, that seamlessly links to the next section. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know anybody. Didn't even know the lounge existed. And I did um, a charity event, and someone said, "You need to find the Northern Last Lounge." So Ooh. I did. Who uh, was It, it was. Is it Kerry Douglas? Kerry Douglas, who is an author from Newcastle. Right. You'll know you'll know. Um, I did see your sleep out. Um uh-huh. and she said to me on the morning, you need to join the North and Last Lounge. So I did. So that was last March, I think. Um
0: Hi, yeah.
1: so I didn't know anybody else, but then I found out there was a couple of people in there who I used to go to school with that I found at the at one of the meetings that I didn't know was there. And sort of the, the connections I've made so like Ruth for example oh, I've, unreal all of the team are all of the team are but I feel like I've made like I've made connections with with some more than others and things like that but then there's also people in the, the just the friendships and the collaborations that you can do it's just it, it's amazing no. you just find humans who you didn't existed that, that are exactly on your wavelength
0: oh it's filled with people who were all just on the same wavelength, isn't it? It's unreal. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: How do you think that the lounge has helped your business?
1: Oh, I mean, the if you go back and look at some of my social media things, you'll see when I joined the lounge. You won't have to look at the date; <laughs> you'll just see it because things changed. I, you know, I had. I had the logo slapped over everything because I thought that's what my branding should look like. Then I did the branding training. I mean, I joined the next level, I think, within about three seconds of joining the lounge because I was like, I need this in my life. And the training, I haven't got time to train. And I know a lot of people say that. But because the short, sharp sessions and the to the point, there's no blurb around it all. It's just proper information. It means that I've got time to do it. Perfect. You know, I travel for work sometimes, so the e go in, and I'm looking and I'm doing the training while I'm travelling because it's dead time. It's perfect for me, mm-hmm. your and brand- everybody's
0: busy. Definitely, Charlene, your brand, and I've seen, I've seen a total transformation, so I'm buzzing that you have getting that out of Mirren's skill because she's just unreal.
1: Well, um, it wasn't just Mirren's stuff. It was, it was your lives on the Monday and um, a couple of the challenges that we did, um, you know just making making your brand and me be yeah. more present yeah so it was it's been brilliant
0: looking at some of the more specific stuff that we've done with you charlene like the christmas bash was like, oh right we brought donations in didn't we and you got quite emotional
1: and um, tell,
0: tell us what the donations were going to be used for and then how it made you feel
1: Christmas. so at christmas um that the i was approached by the northern last lounge to say that when we did the christmas event um you always pick a charity and this time it was going to be my charity which that's that to be to be chosen for that in the first place i was overwhelmed i couldn't believe that you'd picked my charity and that you thought that it, it was worth it if that makes sense so i sent something to ruth that said we would ask for donations of food toys chocolates that type of thing and they would be used to pack up parcels for people who don't have, don't have a lot over Christmas, but make up some food hampers, but also things with candies and games and stuff for kids. Um, so we come to the actual day of the event. And I think I brought a few crates thinking, you know, there's going to be X number of lasses there. And when I walked in, this was, there was only about 10 people there. The table was already full. And then I sat down in another room and then when I went back into the room the whole corner was just filled with stuff under the table on the chairs I was like wow so then I had to stand up and give everybody the full information about how Tees Valley Together was created and what we've done and I remember playing the video which was the 12 months up to that point and I was overwhelmed because people got emotional about what I achieved and I was like I did that with all of my team. And it was like, that's what choked me a little bit. Because when I look at that video, I see on day-to-day the things that we do as a, as, as a charity. But when you look back and you see how many things we did with three people, because a lot of that was three people and a couple of volunteers here and there that, that, that were there to support us. It just, it's absolutely amazing. And it actually gives me lumps in my throat. It's, it's, and I am not a crier. Like, so to get me to an emotional point, I'm like, <laughs> thank you. Um, mm. So then, Ruth, when she introduced me and got emotional over it, I know that that broke me <laughs> because people don't cry over what I do. Do you know what I mean? It's not, it's just not a normal situation for me to be in. But the support I received that day helped us help probably another 40 families, and oh, that I'm getting goosebumps. That to me, for for people who don't even really know me, they know me through a picture that big on a, on Facebook. Do you know what I mean? And it just means that I must have had some sort of impact, and I must be telling our story the right way because people wanted to help us. Yeah. And that to me means the world.
0: Oh man! You get me going again. I'll be she's away. <laughs> oh, because I'll. You'll have to like I, ice queens here starting. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that means the world that, like, I'm buzzing that that had the impact. But, Charlene, do you know what it is? It's a testament to what you do and how you do it. Like, I remember when you first were going to come up to the first event and you were just like, hello! Right? So you, you've you got a mission, you're on it, and you're going to shout it from the rooftops, and you do yeah. it everywhere you go, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so this is interesting. Um, and you've, you've probably heard us talk about it, the the lounge generation which is where this has come about because of the, the whole talk that I did at the International Women's Day um, and the fact that I've been working with schools over the last god three year and just seeing how planting a seed in a young person's mind can completely change their future direction mm-hmm, mm-hmm. obviously links in a hell of a lot with what you you're you're talking about um but also in the teeside area as well so I'm so so excited that the lounge generation is like I can't believe, right? How quickly people have just come to us and we want help. So, yes. for anyone who doesn't know what the lounge generation is, what we're doing is we're, we're we're in essence taking all the resources, the encouragement, the inspiration, the style of the lounge by going in and inspiring young females between the ages of sixteen and nineteen. To become prepared for life and self-employment, right? That that's what we're trying to do. Bridge the gap. Bridge the gap. I'm going to start using that. But Tayside was one of the most impacted areas for that age group with with young girls, which I'm sure you see. Um, what impact do you think that's going to have when we start rolling that out?
1: It's going to be huge, and it is so needed. So you have a lot of charities and a lot of organizations who try and so, so you'll hear the word neat so not employed in education or training um, and that's generally somebody who's left school and is up to it I think it's up to age 21 or 25 but they're sort of a bit lost in limbo and you've got lots of people getting them into training or getting them into college or getting them into work some of them are just they just don't fit in those holes but they might start their own business and be really really successful yeah right yeah. and that's there is a gap, there definitely is a gap, and don't get me wrong, there's people doing it in small snippets, but there's not enough of down-to-earth human beings, normal people people talking to young people saying, if you're wanting to do this, you can do it, Uh you know, and I think that the, the, the ethos of the lounge itself, and how how supported it is, and how real it is. There's no, you know, there's no airs and graces. If we, if we're having a crap day, we say we're having a crap day, and you know, there's people put an anonymous post on if they want to. And I get that, but it's a private place where people can just rant if they need to. And sometimes I laugh because people say I'm coming here to rant because I just need to get it out, and it makes me chuckle in a way because I think, do you know what? They're doing that because if they do it here. They're not gonna explode on somebody help like somebody who they love in the in the home life or something. And it all they need to do is just say it
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it makes it feel better. And I think sometimes young people need that. Yeah, they need yeah. that escape. And if they don't go to college or they don't go to work, where is that escape for them? You know? Yeah. And you're, you're, That's
0: on the, you're on the same as us, like you you <laughs> people can saying to me, oh that's you, you don't want to be working with them like can you imagine that like at, at that age where they've got no prospect I mean, give, them to, no. give them no give them do you right? know what They're awesome
1: we'll go in and we'll talk to them like normal humans yeah who, who knows the thing is you might not find that they want to be an entrepreneur or they want to be self-employed but you might actually dig in deep and find out where they need to go yeah. and put them in touch with the right people so yeah. even if they might be interested you might find that they're interested because you talk about social media and find that actually what they really want to do is go and work for an agency who deals with social media all day. But You
0: have to go and learn about TikTok now.
1: Nah, someone else will do that. <laughs> <laughs> I will, and you know I'll smash it. I just haven't got the time. You, know, you, you, know, you haven't got the time yet. No, no, no. Level oh, up true. level up and, and uh, <laughs> the young people and book three is on its way out or is already out now. Um well, what else? Anybody what's, what's next for you though? What's so there? what's next for me? Um hopefully um the charity is going to grow. Uh we've got some confidential discussions happening with um an organization. Ooh. Nothing concrete. Excuse Excuse nothing me. concrete, but it could be something that could change. TVT's Life, um, and I'm meeting again with them on the 4th of May, so mm. fingers crossed. Um, like I said, nothing concrete, but it's it's conversations, and they approached me, rather than me having to go to them, which, it's got to be something. Yeah. Um, then, I also have, um, I've set up a limited company, but due to my employment, I'm restricted to work on it at the minute, but um, I've got a company called Value Procure Limited and in my day job I do procurement and for the public sector. At the moment, there's a lot of changes happening with the public sector procurement and people don't understand how to work with them. So one of my things, again, trying to help people is I want to help people understand public sector procurement and, main, and take advantage of what they can get out of it from a social value perspective. So If you're involved in public sector procurement or working with the public sector, you will hear procurement, social value, contract management, et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of people feel a bit scared or intimidated by that. So I want to be a real person talking to real people who have small businesses to help them understand it more um, and help them get out of it what I know they can get out of it makes their business stronger, makes their business more sustainable. You know, they're working with the public sector. They're definitely going to get paid and it raises their profile. So my Value Procure Limited is going to start doing that, Um, but just not yet. I just have to hold fire.
0: For people like me who was very naive when you first came in and started talking about procurement, what does it mean?
1: (laughs) So procurement is buying and contract managing items that are needed to run your business so for example uh it could be pens and pencils that you need it could be uniforms it could be that you want to build a road but it's anything from this big to this big so you're talking of contracts that can be hundreds of pounds or hundreds of millions of pounds billions of pounds you know it's the government buy everything and the government have got a set of rules that they work to called public contracting regulations that are currently being changed and reformed because of us coming out of the EU. So there are changes along the way. It's meant to help SMEs. So it's meant to make it easier for SMEs or small businesses to actually work with the public sector. And if anybody's ever got any questions, contact me, feel free, because again, you can probably tell it's my passion to help you do that as well. Brilliant. Um, Yeah. So that's me next, hopefully.
0: (laughs) Well, Charlene, we are on to the very exciting part of the episode, which is Why I Lass?
1: Why I Lass?
0: And in here, I have six questions from the team.
1: Do they know it's me that they're asking these questions too? Yes. Right. <laughs> 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 yeah. So some
0: of them are very random. Some of them are very specific for you. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't even want you to read that out loud.
0: <laughs> so it's from the Lush Angela Lavery Core. I'm just going to go with it like, Charlene, what do you think of garden norms? <laughs>
1: Weird little creatures. I, I think they've watch. got their own. The human, the, the, some, there's something. like little humans inside them. <laughs> um, <laughs> have you got any? No. <laughs> I hate. Like, listen, right. So in my garden, I have grass. I hate it. So I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to. I keep saying I'm going to get it done, and I'm going to. I don't like gardens. I've got hay fever, so anything that's got, that. got pollen in it, right, just needs to leave my life. <laughs>
0: You never sit in your garden?
1: No. So I'm waiting, I'm going to get all paved and pebbles and things like that. I don't want any grass. I might have a token pot with it like a fake green plant in it just for some colour. I might I might get you one of them, no, you know, the giant ones in Asda. My mum's got them, you know. horrible. She even paints its toenails. <laughs> I
0: need photos of this, like, I need photos. I mean, Nana used to have garden gnomes, right? And somebody stole one and he lived (laughs) lived up the road and he put it in his garden blatantly obvious. And she was like, yeah, you've nicked my garden. (laughs) So it's not a garden gnomes. No, definitely. (laughs) If there was, and this is your last question, one bit of advice gonna I'm going to ask this on every episode now. If there was one bit of advice, you could give another lass going into self-employment or starting a business, what would it be?
1: Plan. From the beginning, plan. Each move that you make, plan it to make sure that you have the right tools. And if you don't have the right tools, get them in, outsource it or something, but plan every move because at least then you know you've got the tools to move forward. And if you haven't, you can get them to make sure that you can make that next move. Sound advice. And just don't let anyone know. tell you no. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> you well, you are. You're bloody brilliant, Charlene. I'm so glad that we've been introduced to each other through the lounge. It's just amazing what you do. Um, Thank you. You joy to watch. Keep doing what you're doing in the local area, man. I
1: bet you're an absolute ledge
0: man down there. Honestly. Nobody even knows I
1: exist. I swear to God, I, I, well, you might think so I'm right. loud and crazy, but uh, they'll find me one day.
0: <laughs> Lush speaking to you, right? Go and enjoy your day. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Lasses Who Lounge. And meet
1: is the Lasses Who Lounge. The Northern Lass Lounge for badass business lasses. Lassies
0: who lounge. It's pure juice. It's the Lassies who lounge. I